Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Talk Trash. We are so excited that you are back with us for episode three. This is going to be powerful today. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. Don't be doing working with no hot coffee and water because you might drop it because the tea is hot today. We're going to be talking about trash collectors and not in the way that you think. So let me talk about this for a few minutes. As a master coach, I have worked with thousands at this point, people over tens of thousands of hours for a decade and a half. They have been executives and CEOs. They've been business owners. They've been professionals. They have been people who were in a moment of transition. You see, my specialty is a change agent. I help people work on transformation. And my mantra for that work is thriving through transition. Mm -hmm. And so listen, it is my greatest desire as we bring Let's Talk Trash to you that above anything else, that you begin to prosper and that you would be in health even as your soul, your mind, and your emotions begin to prosper. This is my calling, and I'm walking in it now with you. I want to come alongside of you because I really believe that no one should go through times of transition alone. They need partnership. You need safe places to pursue your dream. But here's what I've noticed in my work over all these years, that people often stop or never even start to pursue their goals, their dreams and their aspirations because of the mountain of garbage on the path or that's in their heads and their hearts. Trash doesn't just show up. It doesn't just pop up overnight. Trash accumulates in our souls. And every time I talk about soul, don't get all twisted and spiritual. I'm talking about in our heads and in our emotions, okay? It accumulates there over time and it contaminates our body and it drains the prosperity from our life. Trash remembers triggers, reactions, accommodations, self-judgment, and habits. And it's a collection of unwanted, undesirable, and unnecessary toxic ways that shows up in the forms I just described. When trash is there, it staggers your growth and it impedes your progress. Yet, the people that I've worked with and maybe it's some of you. We've allowed it to exist until it clouds your thoughts and weaponizes your emotions. But here's the real juicy part. Lean in a little bit. Just get closer to the mic for a second. This is the juicy part of the phenomenon is the why. I want everyone listening to gain an understanding of how to identify and eliminate 
this trash. And so today's conversation with my power panel, Janine and Vorlia, we gonna focus on this why. Why have we become life's trash collectors? My name is Valerie Cheney, and I'm here to announce to you, it's trash day. Let's talk. Let's talk. And so I've got them ready, right? But before I go in to hear their thoughts and comments, again, I've made some observations over my years of coaching that I've taken time to categorize and codify. I've come up with some archetypes. They might not be common in psychology today yet, but they are my archetypes, common patterns that I've observed and found in all trash collectors. And I wanna share them with you because it's important to understand if you are doing the dishes or you're driving the kids to school or you're on your way to work or you're listening to this in your office or you're in the gym somewhere where you can't write it down, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to this podcast when you're in a still quiet place because you wanna capture this. Number one, trash collector is a trash compactor. That's someone who compresses the trash in their lives to make room for more. They consistently accept the introduction of trash from other people in their lives. Trash compactor. Then there's the hoarder. The hoarder is someone who accumulates trash knowingly. They knowingly accumulate it and accommodate it, but never make an attempt to eliminate it. The hoarder is someone who recognizes it's there, ignores it, and are often in denial about it when confronted. The dumpster. So what's a dumpster? We see them sitting around. It's a receptacle for trash that other people have accumulated. That's the people pleaser. We spend more time pleasing others and allowing their trash to be dumped on us. Then there's the dumper. This is someone who throws trash around anywhere and everywhere. They are traumatizers. They leave wake of negativity everywhere. They just show up dumping their stuff. That's a dumpster. Then we have the recyclers. These are the people who attempt to make something good out of the toxic waste. They make excuses for it. The landfill. Someone who accepts all the trash everyone else has decided to remove. I'll take it. I can handle it. I can solve it. The hero complex. And then last, this is an interesting one because this is stealthy, guys. 
This is stealthy. It sneaks up on you. And I call it loitering and littering. These are the people who stand around in observation of your life and the activities that you're doing to point out the trash. That's the loitering part. And in the process, they indiscriminately drop little pieces of their trash in your space. That's the littering. And they do it because they're actually deflecting their attention from the trash that's in their life onto yours. So those are the archetypes, right? The trash compactor, the hoarder, the dumpster, the dumper, the recyclers, the landfill, and the people who loiter and litter. So ladies, let's talk about this. Now you've heard these seven different types. And I'd really like to get some thoughts and comments from each of you. Janine, I'm gonna start with you on the physical aspects of this, the, the, the science of this. Why do you think we stay here? We're focused on the why. Why do, our, do we allow our bodies to even function this way? What are your thoughts? Thank you so much, Val, and thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this great project and this this wonderful, wonderful podcast. Um, so I have a couple thoughts about that. First of all, this is so important, this idea of trash removal, because not only is it great for our spirits, it, it's something that our body inherently does. In our perfect design, our bodies do remove trash in many ways. Um, but I think one of the things that 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 speaks to me as a health and transformational coach is that most of the time people are motivated by fear. Right. And they're afraid. They're afraid to sometimes do something different. They're not seeing what's running them. Sometimes programs run us in the background. Right. Um, and I'm, I, I, one of the things that kind of came to me as you were talking is a Carl Jung quote. Right. Until we make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Right. And so there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fear. You know, and, and I posted this this morning on my Facebook page. Um, we are only born with two fears. Fear of loud noises and fear of falling. That is it. Every other fear is learned, right? So, so we're I, learning how to be trash collectors. 100%. And usually that's, a, that's a something that, you know, a gift that your surroundings give you. Parents don't mean to do that. Caregivers don't mean to do that, but they have their own trash. And, you know, people before them didn't really teach them how to deal with that. So we are we are products of that, unfortunately, but you know, because of work of people like us, transformational coaches and my own coach, certainly in my healthy community has really helped me, you know, look at that stuff. And sometimes it isn't pretty. You got to bring that up. And in the light of day and in prayer, it dries up, right? In the light of day and in prayer, it dries up, but you have to be courageous enough to really want to look at that, right? So that's where the why comes in. And the why is a powerful intrinsic motivator. And I teach this to my own clients. Whatever your why is, right? Because your why is your is your brain's GPS, right? Whatever your why is, is where you want to end up going. And most people are afraid to dream big, mostly because, you know, they haven't been taught they're allowed or their bodies don't feel well enough to do that. So when you don't feel well enough, your dreamer can be broken and then you don't have a why and then the fear drives you and then you walk around carrying trash you don't necessarily need ever, right? Wow. So- 
I wanted to touch real quickly, if we have time, on a couple of the tra- the body's trash disposal systems. Can I get you to hold that? Yes, ma'am. Yep. Mm-hmm. In episode four, we're going to talk completely about awesome. waste management awesome. and waste removal, how to awesome. get rid of it. Right now, I want people to understand what's holding them to this trash, especially as yep. they start to say, oh, my God, I think I'm a landfill. Right. Yeah. And the other thing I want to bring out, none of us are just all one thing. No. Depending upon our situations and circumstances, we might float in and out of being a landfill and a recycler and a hoarder or whatever it is, right? Depending upon who we're engaging with and the situations in which we find ourselves. Right. 100%. All about that, but we're going to hold that for a minute. For Leah. Let's talk mind and emotions around this. Why have we become these trash collection archetypes? Wow, that is so powerful. And um, good morning to everybody. Good day, whatever, regardless of where you are in the world. Thank you for, um, you know, tuning in to, again, this powerful conversation about, um, you know, that we're talking trash and it's trash day and everybody can relate to that. That is trash day. When it's trash day, you start cleaning out the refrigerator. You go around to the house, to the different receptacles that have received the trash all week long, right? And you're gathering it all up and you're putting it out um, on the side of the curb or what have you for someone to come pick it up. And our lives are just like that. Life is just like that. Through life, we, you know, we collect some things and very powerful. I was about to jump out of my seat as you were going through these um, seven um, ways of collecting that we collect trash. And, you know, I I got all of my notes down, but I think, um, you know, as human beings, not to, not to, there, there's some spiritual aspect to this for sure, right? When we talk about our souls, again, our souls are our thoughts, our emotions, and our will, right? There is, there is definitely a spiritual aspect to this, but just as human beings, we have basic needs. Mm-hmm. We just have basic needs. And so mm-hmm. when those needs aren't being met in a holistic way, in a healthy way, through healthy relationship, healthy socialization, healthy environments that we grew up in and all of those things, um, I was once taught by, I have a friend who's a psychologist, and she taught me this whole thing about coding. Mm-hmm about coding. When you're young, Mm -hmm. you are learning these codes from your environment that carry over into your adulthood. And so, yeah, as adults, you know, you talked about the whole people pleasing, like, you know, that is just huge. That's like rampant. If there's one that's just rampant, you know, this whole um, people pleasing and uh, the hoarder, all of those things, but it, it comes from those five basic needs, just as human beings, we have a need to be loved. Yes. We have a need to um, be supported, protected. We yes. have, you know, there are just some basic needs that we have. And when those needs are not met, we resort, right, 
to collecting this trash as a way of trying to um, get those needs met. I always think as a preacher, you know, I'm a preacher, a, a speaker, a pastor, whatever, whatever, but I'm very careful when I'm kind of going through the word of God, searching the word of God to deliver the word of God that I am not meeting my need. Yes. Yes. Right. Because that's when a I problem. Can we land there for a minute? <laughs> right. Leading yes. out on other people yes. and using scripture and religion as a way to do it, to do it. That's right. Because as preachers, we have this captive audience. Right. And so if I have a need to be wanted, if I have a need, you know, to be loved, I have this captive audience. And if I'm not careful, I can kind of skew what I'm saying, right? Whether it's intentional, maybe I'm not aware of my stuff mm -hmm. and it's unintentional, but I'm skewing what I'm saying so that people love me, right? Instead of develop, helping them to develop and grow in their relationship with God, because ultimately that is the love that answers the ill in the soul. Absolutely. The Absolutely, Vorlea. And, you know, I, bravo, 100%. Bravo, Janine, 100%. And so what I'm really getting from all of this on both sides, right? I function in all these capacities, yep. right? Function in the same capacity as Vorlea function as a coach. I've added that around health and wellness to the coaching I do. That's a form of transformation and yeah. change, right? And so I function from all of these capacities. Mm -hmm. So I understand it and I get it, but I love to also hear it. So there are other voices that you are hearing that are thinking differently because all of this is about shifting the private narrative that's going on in the head and hearts of the audience. Can, can and I so, ask you, yeah, I'm absolutely. sorry. Can I ask you a question? Because, absolutely. you know, this whole, um, I, I do, I consider that this panel, um, you and, and Janine and myself, we are all coaches in some regard. And so um, I know you, you uh, Valerie, have coached hundreds of people, right? And you talked about in your opening, you talked about observing. There's some observations that you've had. And so why do you think it is? Because as coaches, we are these change um, pushers, right? That's, that's the, that's the impetus of mm -hmm. why we coach, because we, we are there to help. We're not the ones that are doing the work, but we are the ones that, that the, the, our clients reflect from, right? To, um, bring about change in their lives, to get them from where they are to where they want to be. You think about that old stage coach, right? And the, what, what was that designed to do? It was designed to get people from one place to the other. And um, along the way, back in the wild, wild west, we know that people, you know, that stagecoach process or journey could be very dangerous sometimes because um, people would come in, break in, robbers would come in and want to rob and pilferage and all, pilfage and all those things. And so that impeded people from getting to where they needed to go. So why do you think with all of the insight that you have, why do you think um, it is difficult? Why is there such a need for coaches and why is it so difficult for us 
to change. All right. Thank you. That's awesome. So what I think part of it is, Valia, is as I begin to coach people, I started to shift semantics. Mm. Because oftentimes what I witnessed is that the word change looms so large in people's minds and they start to develop this picture of something that is insurmountable. It's something that I, I can't do. It is hard. It, it takes a lot of time. It, it, in, it invokes these thoughts and feelings of struggle and it taps into trauma. Mm. And it almost triggers that individual to be immobilized by the process and the thought wow. of change. And so I've actually tried in my work with people to remove the word change and talk to them about becoming just incrementally different. Can I mentally? Yes. One percent different. And the question is no longer what would you like to change? But the question becomes what would you like to be different tomorrow than it is today? Different. Let's be different rather than try to tackle this big monumental word called change. Janine, I saw you were kind of like, let me in, let me in, coach. Gosh, Val, I love this so much. And what you're saying is so supported by science. You know, and we talk about that, you know, the stress that gets caused by the way people frame things in their minds, right? And you see my Atomic Habits book up here, right? And so that's what we're talking about too. When we coach people, we don't say change. We allow them to... Uh, craft the narrative for themselves. And then as coaches, we come under that and support that, right? So picture, you know, there's two people in a car. The coach isn't the one driving the car. The coach is the one sitting in the passenger seat guiding, right? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. we always make sure that our clients and people that we're working with are feeling supported, but that they have the agency to create what it is that they want to create. And what we do is we, we make sure that they're feeling safe in that, yeah. right? Right. That's very yeah. important. That feeling of safety. And then what you said, Val, is so, 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 so important that we don't try to, to you know, eat that whole elephant in a day. Right. That one percent change every day is enough. And it's just enough. give people a permission to just one percent every day. And you would be surprised the body, how the body's tone changes and the stress level goes down. And then people's apertures start to open into what they can see for themselves. Right. Because before when we're not well, like I think healthy body equals healthy mind equals healthy life, finances and relationships. Right. It, it's all a big picture. Right. And between I'm amazed between the three of us here, we have all that covered, <laughs> which is, awesome. I guess. Okay. <laughs> but really, that one percent better every day has been so effective for me in working with people because. You know, it's not so um, it's not so looming. It's not so massive. Exactly. And then once you kind of whittle that down to a doable atom, atomic habits, one little atom, one tiny thing, right? Then we start to see people 
engage in the process, right? And get excited about the process. So thank you for letting me share that. I was excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so here's the thing, Janine, you lifted it, right? And I'm going to repeat it. You have permission to make incremental change in your life. Every shift does not have to be a monumental task. 1% better every day. And to tie it back to episodes one and two, when we talked about the vision, we let the vision of what different is guide the coaching path to, well, Leah, as you said, rewrite the narrative, recalibrate and realign. This doesn't have to be in your life, a new chapter in an old story. We are eliminating the trash so you can start a new volume to your story. Once upon a time, Valerie made an incremental shift that changed the trajectory of her life. And you can start again too. And so I wanna bring this discussion, thank you for those insights. I wanna bring this back around with one final thought for everyone as we leave talking about why we've collected the trash. You've heard some powerful, powerful insights on both the soul and the body of why this is happening. And so have you ever been driving down the road and you notice these pit stops along the way, not the rest stops, but they're called way stations. Way stations are the places for the commercial vehicles to pull into so that the amount of weight that they are carrying can be assessed. And the reason that those way stations are set up is so that our bridges, our elevators, our roadways, and even as people, we do not breach the maximum capacity of the weight that we should be carrying. Because when we breach that weight capacity, whether you are a person, a car, a commercial truck, an elevator, a roadway, a house, there are catastrophic outcomes from that. And so Let's Talk Trash is now a designated way station. It's a place for you to stop for 30 plus minutes or so every week and weigh yourself. Am I over my capacity physically? Am I over my capacity mentally? And are my emotions toxified and weaponized? So if you don't have a trusted friend or family member, pastor, therapist, counselor, or coach, we are here as a way station for you to begin to make an assessment 
Am I functioning as one or more of these archetypes in my life? And start to understand how to identify the methods of trash collection so that we can move forward into the trash removal. Remember, you have permission to be 1% better every day. And that's enough. So until next time, make every day trash day. And we'll see you soon. Bye for now.